Five, four, three, two, one. Happy Tuesday, faithful. Welcome to the Gold Rush Niners Pod. I am your host, Christy Francesco, and damn, it feels good. It feels great, actually, to be back in the saddle again, you know, talking football, more specifically 49ers football. Um, so firstly, I want to introduce my co-host for tonight, um, my normal co-host for the for the duration of, of this podcast is Zach DeGarmo. He was unable to hop on here tonight. However, you always got to rely on other friends as well. And Jason Kent is here with me. Jason, what's going on, man? I'm going great, but uh, if I'm the friend you got to rely on, buddy, you need some better friends. <laughs> Jason's the only one that answers my text, so technically he's kind of in a lose-lose situation here. Because if he answers, then he's he's locked yeah. in. <laughs> um, but some cool news. Uh, speaking of Jason, in a few weeks, probably next month, hopefully, Jason's going to be uh, under my umbrella, which will be discussed at a later date. Um, Jason will be hosting his own Dallas Cowboys-centric podcast with him and a couple buddies that will be alternating. Um, how excited are you for that, man? I'm stoked. You know, growing up. You always like listen to the radio. We'll watch ESPN as guys. That's what we always did. And, mm-hmm. you know, we always like, you know, watch that. And like, I know football, like, the, like, I know it, like these guys mm-hmm. and you just talk about it with your boys. So I think, um, you know, starting to do some of these with you. Uh, I've always thought about it. I just never I was always nervous to pull the trigger, uh, but really yeah. start doing all these with you. It's, it's nice to, uh, you know, get out of my comfort zone and, and, and talk a little bit. And I'm just excited. Yeah. I love talking football. I just love yeah. talking sports. Yeah. And it, I think it's going to be so, so fantastic, even though uh, the boys ended the year on a, on a tough loss again, the San Fran for the second year in a row, but it'll, Don't it'll worry that karma came back to the Niners the following week. So, <laughs> um, so to kind of get transparent with all of you, uh, I'll quickly dive in as to why the show went dark for a little over 18 months. Um, and there's two factors to that. One, to be frank, was burnout. Uh, I was hosting, producing, editing, marketing, publishing three podcasts a week during the time I began this podcast. Um, I just completely burnt out of everything. I didn't have anything else to give, so I just stopped. I had to step away. It was the first break in podcasting that I took since 2007. And I remember in 2007, I think I took like four months off at the time. Um, I, I Well, I was in school. I was in college. uh, So I had to you know, just take care of that first and get that settled. The second part is probably the most important thing is, I mean, Jason knows all about this is family. That 18 or so months ago was when we welcomed our second child into the world. Uh, My wife and I started our family business. I came home from the normal nine to five and began my life as, you know, part business owner and a stay at home parent. You know, that's, those are the two reasons. I'm not going to BS any of you and, you know, the guy that's on the show with me right now will call BS and find any way possible to rip me apart if I wasn't telling the truth. Um, but that's all of it. You know, not one syllable of that is fictional or made up. You know, I didn't all of a sudden not love the 49ers. I didn't all of a sudden stop watching the games. I didn't all of a sudden, um, you know, just stop paying attention to anything San Francisco 49ers. Um, I, I just simply didn't have the appropriate time to prepare, record, edit, publish, market, advertise a podcast for a while. I take what I do pretty seriously. Uh, and, I, and I didn't have the time necessary to make sure everything was done and done to my standard. 
However, life is much different nowadays. We are coming off a tremendous 2022 season uh, that unfortunately ended in a way that nobody would have ever expected. Um, Brandon Ayuk will tell you all about that. Um, nonetheless, uh, it's the San Francisco 49ers. That means something is always going on with this organization. Um, and I'm beyond grateful and excited to be here with all of you weekly beginning in March. Uh, there's so much going on behind the scenes right now with what we are looking to launch. And we want to absolutely make sure all of our I's are dotted and T's are crossed with this. But rest assured, you'll be hearing a ton of us at the Gold Rush Pod from beginning uh, March 1st until I physically cannot talk anymore. So I'm, I'm very much excited about that. Um, but let's kind of, you know, I'm rambling here, but let's kind of talk about why we're here. Um, that was the announcement. Why I was gone. Now I'm back. So let's talk about some things. Today, it's hilarious because in my head, when I woke up this morning, it's Tuesday as we're recording this. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I might want to do a reintroduction, a revamp uh, episode of Gold Rush to kind of just let everybody know we're back and let's get this thing rolling. And then the 49ers go off and they make a massive hire and they hire uh, the interim Carolina Panthers head coach, Steve Wilkes, to be their new defensive coordinator. Um, sounds great to me, right? Um, it's official. They have hired Steve Wilkes to be their new defensive coordinator. You know, Kyle Shanahan was consistent about keeping the continuity from a schematic standpoint, scheme-wise, with the current talent that's on the roster, which is a top three defense. So there won't be any changes with Wilkes coming in, who runs a, a very similar 4-3 scheme and will likely stay aggressive, you know, on the passing downs. And he's, you know, he's such a quality hire that inherits – you know, he's inheriting a one of the top defenses, which is what Jason was saying, you know, um, off camera before we hit record here. Jay, you kind of said the same thing, you know, when you're going out, you know, I trust the process of what the 49ers have done, excuse me, over the last, you know, five, six years. I'm not going to question anything that they do from a defensive standpoint, from Robert Sala to D'Amico Ryans, and now you bring in Steve Wilkes. I'm not going to complain about it because when it comes to defensive coordinating, Kyle Shanahan is batting a thousand in terms of who he brings into the system. Um, but you were right. I mean, kind of talk about what you thought is look, bring a guy in here who knows what he's talking about, but I mean, keep things the same. He's, he's a defensive guy. He's been a, you know, he's a, when I did a little bit of reading on him, he's, he's a lifelong football guy mm -hmm. and, you know, he's been a defensive coordinator and he's, he's been a defensive coordinator for some very good defenses. Um, so that's, you know, that tells me it's partly, you know, scheme he runs and it's a lot. He knows his players and he'll let his players play mm -hmm. like you with this defense. This isn't a defense you're going to come in and try to change. Like you said, it's one of the, the best defense in the league. You have probably the defensive player of the year, pretty much probably unanimous. Mm -hmm. um, you have some, you know, great, great line play there. You, the linebackers are, are second to none. It, it's just this defense. And, and they saw it. Like, I think in that Eagles game, it's tough. Everybody talks about it because they don't – when you have the defense on the field the whole time. But that defense for the last, you know, few years has just been – is upper echelon defense. Mm -hmm. So, it, while I do think it's it's good to have a great defensive guy in there, mm -hmm. he'll, he, he'll understand enough to let, let this defense play and not change it up. He, that's – I think he's that type of coach, and he's been around the game long enough to understand that you don't change up a, a great formula. For sure. And, you know, he comes to the Niners with just about – 20 years of NFL coaching experience. Most recently, like we said, he was the interim head coach after Matt Rule was 
literally chauffeured to the airport out of Carolina. Um, you know, he turned around that that Panther squad and had them almost winning the division, <laughs> uh, going six and six at the end of the season. Um, and, and I just, I think from a leadership standpoint, he's going to fit in seamlessly with the Niners organization. And because they've cultivated such a strong culture from, from that group over the last six seasons from Robert Sala to D'Amico Ryan's. And now you're going over to, to Mr. Wilkes here. Um, you know, uh, his credibility and the, the high praises that Wilkes has been getting was kind of spoken for at the, when the pro bowl, when the Panthers uh, pro bowl edge rusher, Brian Burns uh, spoke in, in Las Vegas Um you know, he said, uh, and I quote this, Steve Wilkes is a great man, in my opinion. One of the main things about him is that I think he cares more about us players as humans, more than just as players. That's the main thing about Wilkes. He's taught me a lot. He kind of just uh, like fit into the father role for me. He's just a genuine person. Um, it's a pretty good thing to hear, something you don't hear too much um, with, with, with coaches these days. So you're right. He, he's a football lifer. Uh, he's someone that's going to come in a, a perfect scheme fit for Kyle Shanahan's defense. That's an all world defense. I mean, you wouldn't have known that watching the Eagles game, but that was just, that was well, anything that know, could go wrong, went wrong. Also, like you said, he, he came into a Carolina team who over the last few years has been abysmal. Yeah. And sometimes you need change at the top, but when you bring a guy into a team that I think a one in four, they had traded away their best player, mm-hmm. their only player really. And, and to turn around and go six and six with that team, e- even in a, in a division that is probably the worst in football, but still yeah. like it, it just shows the leadership because mm-hmm. it, it takes, it's a different, you even hear, um, you know, I know it's off topic, but Deion Sanders is coaching yeah. now. And you always hear him talk about like, it's different coaching mm-hmm. college than pros. Cause you have to have a, it's a different leadership style. Cause you're dealing yeah. with millionaires that make money. Yep. So to get that type of player motivated to come in and turn their season around really where they had a shot going in, I think the last week, even make playoffs is mm-hmm. a huge deal. And there's just so much respect there for that type of coach in a, in a defensive l- locker room or, you know, mm-hmm. where they, have so many leaders on that team. I do think it's going to be, like you said, a seamless transition in into that role. Absolutely, and you know, it also helps that the Niners are not going to be losing uh, the the defensive line coach and, and Chris Kasarik, who turned down other offers uh, around the NFL. Uh, Johnny Holland's going to continue uh, with that best linebacking corps in football, um, and then you just add Steve Wilkes into this man. So I mean, it's and then you get the All Pro safety. Tafanga back there it's it's just insane what he's walking into and you're right so it's I mean the we keep saying the word but man if you're Steve Wilkes and you're looking at the paper and you're looking or you're online looking at the roster that you're walking into you're basically going into a meeting with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and just saying look I'm just gonna walk in here and pick up the same book that D'Amico Ryan had before before he left here because Whatever he was doing right, what? Why am I going to come in here? What could Steve Wilkes possibly come in here and try to change up to make the team better? Like, I, that's the thing. Uh, that's how I feel in, in terms of, yes, obviously from a culture standpoint, will he fit in? I think clearly that's not going to be an issue. Um, but again, there's not much to to alter on this line. Um, 
it, you know, just be healthy. You know, Eric Armstead had a problem staying healthy this season. He's highly paid. So hopefully he comes back next season. Uh, uh, Nick Bosa is about to become the highest paid defensive player in sport history uh, this off season. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a phenomenal hire. It's a home run and it's almost a guarantee uh, that when, or if he leaves the Niners to be a head coach again, that basically guarantees the, the Niners uh, more compensatory third round draft picks based on the fact that um, uh, he, he's a black coach. So that, again, that helps the Niners as well. So now Sala, McDaniels, D'Amico, and now um, Wilkes. They're, they're setting themselves up. All the draft picks that they wasted on Trey Lance, they're going to somehow get back <laughs> with all these coaches. Um, so, yeah, that, that's – I wanted to touch on the Wilkes because I was tooting that horn for the past couple of weeks here saying, look, I don't care what happens right now. Just get Steve Wilkes in here. Don't change anything. Um I, I know who was the other guy that was um, being discussed that, um, oh, Vic Fangio, but he, he would have changed up the scheme of the defense. And I don't think that the, the Niners were looking to do that. Although I think, you know, this, there's not much difference of a four, three and a three, four, correct. There's not much really to change. Not until I feel like in today's game, those outside rushers, it's not like where you have like an LT or anything like you can move them all around. Like you see Bosa move left, you see move right. I'm sure he could play with his hand off the off the ground too, off the ball. He could probably stand be a stand up outside three four guy mm-hmm. easily. You that see, makes you sense. See, I think Parson does it some too. Parsons goes up and down uh, for Dallas. Well, he not he doesn't go as much you know with his hand on the ground, but he definitely does some of it. Then why do then why do I guess media pundits or or anyone make such a big deal that oh, well you can't this is not a three four player he's not a four three player, and like most people come out and be and say that's really not that big of a deal. I don't, I don't, today's today's football game has changed so much even since in the last 20 years like you don't your outside rushers don't look like the you know your demarcus wears your big that type of player like it really is like lawrence taylor is so far ahead of his time and just the way he's he plays in his look mm-hmm. that that's the type of outside guy and you even see the defensive ends nowadays are 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 much thinner they're not as you're not they're not big and bulky you see a guy like Aaron Donald in, in um, St. Louis or, well, I guess L.A. He they, he got he moves all he plays all over plays all three positions mm-hmm. right left and defensive tackle. So yeah. I don't I don't think there really isn't a three four outside linebacker. You could just throw his hand on the ground and call it a day. For sure. No, I understand. Um, now the next topic here I want to talk about is Nick Bosa. So we're in the off season now, and the number one thing outside of Brock Purdy and Trey Lance was when are they going to pay? Nick Bosa. Um, Jay, you think Bosa sets the market for defensive players and, and, and becomes the highest paid defensive player ever? It's got to be close. He's got, I, I think he has to. Mm-hmm. He's so good. To me, um, as an outsider looking in, I've always loved Donald. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, he's, he's, not a, he's not a Donald, but he's a guy that on that edge, he – He's dominating mm. whoever he's really going against. He's he's so tough to stop. It's yeah. Watching him grow into this type of player, I didn't think he would be a this type of guy. I think mm. you know you figure his brother was always really good, but his brother's like a 10, 12 sack guy. I thought I figured that's what Bosa would be, mm-hmm. but this kid's amazing. And yeah, he's probably and it stinks because they they have a lot of guys. I think 
are getting paid right now, but you can't let that type of talent walk out the door. And it's, mm. he's going to command a huge contract unless he decides I want to stay here and take less. Um, his he's probably reset in the market for uh, defensive players and probably be the highest paid defensive player when he gets uh, paid. Yeah, I, I I'm assuming that's that's something they have to get done. Um, God, he, I mean he's still so young. He's you know. Besides, I mean, may probably the best defensive end in football. I mean, the Eagles have another one in Hassan Reddick, but um, they both, I believe, had what 18 and a half sacks this year, or I, or I think uh, Bosa had 19 and a half. Um, I don't have his numbers right in front of me, but I, sh- I probably should have. I thought they were um, close to, I was gonna say, I know it's close to 20. It was very, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that Bosa like 19 and a half. had 19 and a half sacks. Um, yeah. let me just so you're looking 18 so and a half. DJ- sacks. TJ leads the league right now. I think highest paid 28 a year. So, man, what, so what do you think that starts at 30? I think the conversation starts at 30. I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't think the Niners are going to be like, Oh yeah, here's 29. (laughs) I think it's one of those things where Bosa is just, I think the Niners are going to be like, all right, Bosa, what do you want? Bosa. And it starts there. I think it's like an open checkbook. It'd be like, well, what do you want? And we'll start from there. Um, obviously he'll probably look in like that 35 range to really hammer it out. But, um, I think it's going to be around that 30 mark and that guarantee is going to be massive. Um, he's what the only like 27 right now. Uh, he is 25. 25. And he just, he'd be 20. Wow. He'd be 25 when the season starts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, that kid's so young and attractive. Yeah. He's he, so good. <laughs> he's so good. It's uh, on top of it. Yeah. I mean, he, he, uh, He's played four years, and one of those years he lost with a knee injury, and he's already got 43 sacks. So, um, Do you think there's a chance they actually just, instead of paying him this year, that they try to franchise him? What would that franchise number be for him? I don't know what it is yeah, for DNs. I think what's the top top five. So when I was just trying to look for top five DNs. I think it's somewhere around – It's I would think – we're just looking real quick. It's going to be in the low to mid-20s. Mm. Oh man, if they can't come up with a deal, ooh, that franchise tag will not look good. It's, it, I mean, I, I'm sure that something like that would damage their relationship, right? That, well, that was my second question because, because I'm just looking real quick now. But it looks like uh, Bosa makes 27, Garrett 25, Donald's around 23. So I'm assuming it's going to be yeah, mid to low 20s. Um, th- does that yeah, is that the type of thing where you discuss with him first and say, listen, we just, you know, we want to see another year, which I don't know why you would. But mm-hmm. this, is that something that would really hurt a relationship with, you know, between the team and the franchise? You see a lot, a lot of that today. Guys just hate the franchise tag because it's not guaranteed it, you get hurt, you lose more. Right. Probably. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, it looks like as of January 30th, for a defensive end, the franchise tag is $19.73 million. So um, from, from a team standpoint, that's tough to say, yeah, we're just going to give you an extra $11 million this year. I mean, I get it, especially with how many big contracts the Niners are carrying right now. I mean, Kittle got paid, Debo got paid, Warner got paid, Armstead paid. Um, they're lucky that they're McCaffrey's not even, in there. McCaffrey's making that yeah, money no, now. Uh, you know, thank God they're not paying a quarterback as of today, realistically. Um, Purdy makes, you know, what you and I make. So um, being, being the last pick in the draft. But um, 
I, I, I think you just got to maneuver things around. The, the salary cap for the NFL is going way up. I mean, eight, what, yeah. like an additional 18 or so million dollars. Um, and I'm not to bring up the Eagles, but I mean, they're, they're kings of restructuring deals with players and pushing things out to the back end. I mean, if you got to restructure a few deals to be able to afford Nick Bosa, I don't think any of the players in that team is going to complain about it. Um, so does that you know. change? Do you think that changes what they um, – I, I guess the, a lot of the talk is next year going into the season, Lance and Purdy, and I'm sure we'll touch on that later. Um, but does that change how what they look for a quarterback if they're paying Bosa now? What do they try to go out and even think about a veteran, or they're like, yeah, we got to just roll the dice with with one of these two because we have to pay Bosa because he's that type of game changer. Yeah, I think I think the the, the third quarterback they're going to bring into this roster. I mean, it's not going to be a. Um... A, a, a slug like Josh Johnson. Like I, I can see like, who knows? I mean, do you see Sam Darnold accepting a third spot on a team at this point? Not at all. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to bring in some dude to be that third string quarterback because I I'm firmly set that they are going to go into next season with Purdy and Lance. Um, I'm 90% sure that Purdy is going to be QB one beginning week one of the season. Um, I'm really starting to question why they even made the trade for Trey Lance in the first place because it just does it just doesn't seem like he's Kyle Shanahan's guy. And I, I I don't I hope it comes out one day that maybe that wasn't a Shanahan move, maybe that was a Lynch move. Um, but the fact that Shanahan continues to go back to guys like Garoppolo, you know, it's been well documented how bad he wanted Kirk Cousins. Um and then you come in here and Brock Purdy runs that offense almost to perfection uh, in the midst of a 12-game winning streak. Um, he, he, from, the, from all reports, he's not getting Tommy John surgery. He's going to get exactly what Reese Hoskins got from the Phillies, uh, that internal brace, which puts that recovery time around you know six to eight weeks. He's going to be ready to go by August. And he'll be – I don't see why he can't start week one. Um, do, do you think it's hubris on the coach's part? Maybe I can play anybody I want to and that's, win. I can see Shanahan having that kind of moxie, right? I mean, he comes off as that kind of coach, <laughs> he right? He does. And I, I remember his, his dad was always – but his dad had good players. His too. dad his has Elway. that Elway, yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit different. But right. that, see, that's the type of move, though. And, and I know it's, you know, week week one back on the show. I, if, I know. If they – if he goes in with that kind of hubris and is like, yeah, we're going to go. We're rolling with Purdy. We're rolling with Mr. Irrelevant this year. Yeah. And it's kind of still the same thing. Like, you know they're going to be there at the end, but can they get over the hump when it's a, it's proven it's a quarterback league? Absolutely. Is Do you think he's on the hot seat this year? Kyle? I think the season's going to have to play out. It would be nice if Kyle can have a quarterback stay healthy for 17 games to really understand, to really gauge what he's doing with this football team. I, I don't know, man. It's really hard to fire a coach when he's been the, the one game before the Super Bowl three of the last four years and went to the Super Bowl one of those years. Um, yes, again, he blew a fourth quarter lead. Um, well, his team, he didn't personally, but uh, Jimmy just had stone feet at the end of that game. Um, but 
it's really hard to fire the guy. I mean, look, they just brought in a defensive coordinator that can coach a football team. That was proven this year. So if something goes way south, then that's something you're going to have to look for. Um, it doesn't look like the heat is on Shanahan to to put uh, to put Lance into that number one spot. I'll tell you, I mean, it, it, I don't know if you listened to all the, 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 the final press conference with the coach. I mean, it sounded like to me that they are 100% all in on Brock Purdy being QB1 moving forward. And look, I love Brock Purdy. You know, I love saying his name. <laughs> but, but, you know, looking at this kid, he has done absolutely nothing to not be the, Q, the QB1 going into next season. How He won two playoff games was an undefeated quarterback on one of the best teams in the league, which, I mean, could also be something there. He's a Shanahan quarterback. He's almost Kirk Cousins light. Um, I mean, he wins playoff games, so he's better than Kirk Cousins. Uh, <laughs> um, and he seems to have all the respect in the world from his teammates. Um, I just don't know how you can go to Trey Lance after this dude just did what he did. Um, three first rounds i know i know but that's the tough part you traded you basically said we're so much they were about to kick jimmy out of the door Mm -hmm. and and where they could have had when you look at those picks like i I, when you try to evaluate now it's tough to see what those picks would have been um but they could have had so many so much you know filled other even though the team doesn't have basically you know we've said this for the last years we talk football that that team's whole has been their quarterback mm-hmm. and it stinks that they could have potentially had a more how much better could this team have been with more weapons and you know a garoppolo and they probably still have purdy because they'd still have that pick you know? i know but just yeah just it, it's tough to walk away from a guy and i get because you it's not like you saw him and he was terrible yeah there's still, no sample size you there's no don't know, even know what he is yet which makes it even worse because now that like you said what purdy came in and did this year especially for you know a dude last pick in the draft is he didn't win you games but i remember watching that game against dallas with you he didn't lose them games either he had no turnovers no he he played very well Mm -hmm. and it's a team that i think one of the last shows you had before like this we were talking about lance and it's one of those things it's a long season and that team's good enough to I think yeah, it's tough because I think you got to kind of with Lance, you kind of got to give him. He's not going to be asked to do everything, and neither is Purdy. Right. No, it's going to. It reminds me. It sounds really dumb, but it reminds me of the movie Friday Night Lights. You know, <laughs> Mike Winchell's just handing the ball to Booby mm-hmm. Miles. That's yeah. all he's got to do, and just live in the in the couple of throws he's going to have to make to Kittle. And yeah, I like because it's not that team is built for defense and running the ball. That's an. This is the closest to an old school football team. This is a West Coast offense, man. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're playing defense, smash mouth, and and they're going to run the ball and get it out quick. So neither one of those guys are going to be asked to do a whole lot. Yeah. My my worry though about the the um the outlook on Lance or how the 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 organization views him is they were so unsure about him that they did in fact they brought back Jimmy Garoppolo. The, I mean the guy that you thought that he that he was drafted to replace. You were so unsure about what he was going to give you that you brought the guy back into the locker room. And well, as it happened, he ended up being the starter again. But I was just due to injury. But still, 
is that as much more him or as much wasn't it? If my memory serves me correct, didn't they really, weren't they going to be on the hook for him anyway for that 25 mil? Yes. And nobody was going to trade for him. So at that no. point, like I, I understand the move of bringing him. I think that's a less, less of a trade Lance mm-hmm. evaluation as much as a, I don't want to eat $25 million for nothing. And it yeah. proved they really need him. And he got hurt. So it really didn't matter. But it was one of those things that I remember before the draft, there was a lot of talk about who the guy, you know, who the quarterback they were going to get is. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just tough because they're, well, they're, they're in a win. They're such a win now team. Yeah. They have like a, and you don't want to waste that. No, I know. And we're going to be talking about this all off season with um, I'm sure uh, Jay will hop on a few times, but Zach and I will, will break this down, but just to give somebody that this popped up on Twitter, um, and, and I forget who said it, but if I find out who said it, I'll, I'll give them credit when I post the show. That since 2017, Trey Lance has 420 pass attempts as a quarterback. Since 2017, he has 420 pass attempts. I think Brock Purdy had over 420. Well, yeah, well, this he, season he had the COVID season. I, I think I don't even know if he started a full season at North Dakota. I no. think. He came in and played a little bit and he was there. The COVID season is the season he got drafted. Mm-hmm. So he, that, that was, I remember going into the draft. I remember that was my big issue is there's not even, a, it's not like uh, a Carson Wentz who played a ton of years there, mm-hmm. which, you know, we don't, he turned out not to be the greatest, but you had, you had a book on him, what he was going to be. And a lot of these, especially the Josh Allen's, the guys that come from that. I don't think, I don't know if it's D2 or one double a, whatever those schools are, but this kid had nothing. So you really, he measured great, which I don't even know what that means. Like he was a great combine guy. Like, yeah, he, he, he has, so he tools. played in North Dakota state. He played two games in 2018. He played 16 games in 2019 and one game in 2020. Yeah. So three first round draft. That's what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> it's tough. I think, especially when the year before you had guys like, to um, Burrow and yeah. Robert and those type of guys get drafted. Mm-hmm. It's tough when you grab him the next yeah. year. Wasn't he the first quarterback taken? Uh, yeah, who went number one that in 2000? Was it 20, 2020? 21. No, yeah. 21, right? 21. So the number one pick was Trevor Lawrence and then Zach okay. Wilson, then Trey Lance. So he's third. Yeah. So I guess for the, where he was, but just when you look at all the other stuff, what they could have had because i don't know do you remember what they were how low they were that year because there's still some great talent they had a little bit lower that they could have drafted like there's some wide receivers some offensive linemen well they were in the 20s i mean Najee harris was back there um yeah i mean it wasn't actually that great uh dara shaw caleb farley quitty pay um yeah i mean Quiddy mac pay. jones went fi- i mean mac i know Mac Jones went 15th. So, I mean, well, even and that was like, everyone, that was a pick that everyone thought that they were going. I do remember that. That was the one everybody thought they were taking. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but, it's tough. Yeah. What it's, do you do? yeah. I mean, what, what do you do? do? I, I you flip a coin and hope it's right. I mean, look, and <laughs> go I go to the people, coin and <laughs> go to the coin. Um, get the app right now if you don't have a coin. <laughs> uh, I don't know anyone that carries coins. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you look at it this way, and I've heard, already Niner pundits say, well, Trey Lance has to have a, a perfect offseason, a perfect mini camp, OTAs, training camp. What does that even mean? What does it mean that you have to have a perfect mini camp 
perfect OTAs and a perfect train and perfect training camp. That it tells you absolutely nothing. Everything looks, everybody looks great in the OTAs and in the mini camps. I, I mean, can throw I, against a no pass rush, you know, exactly. I can drop dives out there. Exactly. I mean, it, it's just, it's insane that for people to actually say that, look, I think right now, John Lynch and Mike and Kyle Shanahan in their heads right now have Brock Purdy slotted number one, that depth chart. And the only way that changes is if somehow there's a setback with Brock Purdy before week one or Trey Lance literally, uh, I would assume lights it up in, in the, in the preseason. That's the only thing I can assume other than that. I, I, I look, and he's still what? 22 years old. So yeah. if, if Purdy doesn't work out, then you, then there you go. Your 22 year old quarterback is now playing. What do you, what does that do to the psyche of a kid that I, now I get, if you, if you're getting to into the psyche of a kid, he's probably not an NFL quarterback, but you always point. see team players that need, need a change of scenery. What does that tell you? Like, listen, I was the, you guys gave up. It's really two first rounds. Cause you swapped the first in the, in the 21 draft, but you yeah. gave up really you moved three first round picks mm-hmm. to go up and get me. And mm-hmm. now you're not even going to give me the opportunity to show you why you got me. That, That's a good to point. Me, is why I, I I still think I don't want to say perfect, but I think if he struggles in the preseason games, I think he'll play. Especially, I guess I don't know how they do it anymore. It used to be the third game. I think you you put him out there because we saw what Brock is. And well, they only me, play three games now, right? Is it really? I think they knocked and out I that one game. I, I think you're right, but I think you see more of because. Per, you saw it with they we know what Purdy is at this point. Mm-hmm. We know what where he needs to go. Mm-hmm. And another season in, in the on the team running it is going to help. Yeah. I, I think they look at they give Trey the every opportunity to win it. Mm-hmm. And if they're and they just if they don't know, you gotta and to me it's one of those things if he's not your starter, he's gotta be off the team. You can't it I know it's tough to to cut that. I, I'm not saying cut him, but you try to you definitely look to move him. Well, I think – well, if you move him now, you're not even going to get a second-round pick. Like, you're not going to get remotely anything, a, 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 a gram of what you got or what you gave up to get him. I think yeah. if you move him now, what, you're getting maybe a pair of thirds and maybe maybe at most a two. But I don't think – I mean, a second-round draft pick these days is almost as important to some teams as a first. So, you know, you, you, you look at that aspect – He's going to be on the team for at least one more year. Yeah. But when you look at it, I think the kind of the comp, it, it's the same situation. It stinks that they're going into a second offseason looking at it like this. Mm-hmm. But the same situation they had with Lance getting drafted at three. Yeah. Do you keep Jimmy around? Because what does that tell if one bad thing? Yeah. One interception, the fans are calling calling for, for Garoppolo. For sure. Now, if, if Purdy's in there. It, you know, if he has one bad game, okay, we could just go. Like, you don't – to mm-hmm. me, I always felt quarterback, and, and to me – and I know it sounds super stupid, but I draft my fantasy football team this way. <laughs> my guy is my guy. Yeah. I'm, I took you because I want you. I don't want a controversy. Yeah. And it sounds dumb because it's fantasy football, but that's in my head. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks because you're going to second-guess yourself. Mm-hmm. And I've heard many coaches – you know, throughout years say that if you, you know, if you have two guys that are right there, you, you don't have anything. Cause you don't know, you yeah. don't want to play toss up. So to me, they got to pick one. And I think it's got to be stamped pretty early and saying that, you know, this is our guy we're running with this guy, or if they, you know, if they let him battle out and go to last day. But I think 
they have to pick and who they pick, it can't be you can't second guess. Yeah, I think it's Purdy. I really do. I think that's who Kyle Shanahan wants. That's I just too, just because I hope it's I like you like right. I like saying Purdy. See, we're gonna get to say I get to say Purdy for like a year, All the time. maybe even the next four or five, depending on what he does. Um, Could be the knows? next twenty. You never know. Brock <laughs> Purdy's in this league for twenty years. I want to know what what human growth hormones he's taking. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we're going to wrap this one up. Um, but I want to thank you guys so much for the, the questions over the last couple of days uh, since I made a post on on our Instagram, which you can go follow right now. is Gold Rush Niners Pod. Uh, head over there, give us a follow. I'll be posting all show updates there. As always, um, if you want to listen to our sister station, uh, it's Ring the Bell Phillies podcast. Um, yes, I'm a Philadelphia Phillies. I live in New Jersey. I'm a Philadelphia Phillies fan and a uh, big uh, 49ers guy. Don't know how it happened, but it just happened to be that way. Um, but go follow that page. Uh, all the updates are going to be there. Uh, and look, we have a huge offseason coming ahead. Uh, this show will be weekly beginning in March. Uh, if anything else happens over the next couple of weeks, I'll hop on here, but I will be active on the Instagram page uh, until we start kicking this thing in the gear in March. Uh, Jay, thank you so much for hopping on. Um, Zach, appreciate it, brother. If you're listening, um, looking forward to getting you on here every week. It's going to be good to hear uh, another Niners guy. Although Jay really came off as if he is one, um, but I mean, I will post a photo. He is kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I have to find the photo. It's in my phone somewhere. I'm going to post that. Um, but no, uh, enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. Uh, my final prediction is the Eagles win um, 24 to 21 i hate doing those kind of scores because it never happens that way but i'm just going to say it's not going to be as high scoring as people think so i'm going to go 24 21 eagles um I, I mean i'm hoping for a chiefs win but i think it's 24 21 eagles what do you think jay i'm gonna go you've been riding the eagles all year so i and I, I, it, I, it pains me to say <laughs> I, I do think it's a quarterback league and I, i've said this against Against San Fran, I thought the Eagles are the better team. Mm-hmm, when I look same. at this, the only position that I think Kansas City is better than Philly at is quarterback, which is the important position. Uh, but I just think it's tough. I, I think I think Eagles win convincingly. I I, I don't want to give a score, but I think they win pretty convincingly. And I'm gonna have to hear their fans for the next year. Don't it's worry. Tough. Just that <laughs> mute button is so amazing. Um, that's all you need Um, All right, this is the Gold Rush Niner Spot I'm Christy Francesco Uh, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week enjoy the Super Bowl free agency kicks off mid-March this league never sleeps and we're looking forward to uh, what's ahead All right, everybody have a good one bye-bye